You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to the West End Frame Show, putting theatre in the frame and keeping you up to date with everything going on in the West End and beyond. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins, and today I'm on my own. I'm flying solo for a mini episode for the first time in a little while, but I've been good. I've actually come into our little studio in Oxford Circus. We record just opposite the stage door of the London Palladium and it's a music shop so I don't know in previous episodes if you've ever been able to hear the faint playing of piano and various instruments in the background but today I could definitely hear some some piano and some very loud opera so apologies if you can hear anything else in the background but I think it all adds to the atmosphere I love coming in here and seeing what's going on um so yeah I'm all on my own it has been a truly overwhelming couple of months I think getting busy going to press nights seeing so much stuff it has been incredible I think especially the last few weeks now that we're at full capacity to be back in these full theatres and to be at press nights where suddenly seeing so many people that I haven't seen for so long has literally been the best thing ever. This week I'm taking it one step further and I'm venturing off to do a couple of road trips. I think I'm going to Chichester to finally see South Pacific, cannot wait. Uh, and I'm also going to Oxford to catch the UK touring production of Six, which I can't wait for because that showed us so well on tour touring audiences love it um and last week i was in i went to the sonic playhouse i was in their little space and it was so cool to be in a full capacity fringe theater i'm just now it's 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 weird because there's so many big west end musicals opening and so many big west end openings that it is hard to cram everything in and to see everything everything's opening once is Never, ever been so many openings in London in one go like this before. And it's hard to know what to see and what to prioritise. You just want to see everything. Um, But I'm going to make sure now, going forward, that I do try and see more Fringe and more tours and some different, different bits. Having said that, there are some big press nights. got Frozen coming up. got the Waitress UK tour. I'm buzzing for first night of wicked there is so much to see i cannot wait um and i also just wanted to say massive thank you since we've been back in the studio everyone seems to be happy um lots of you are listening which is amazing and commenting and sending messages and stuff which is which is so cool i just wanted to read a couple of messages out actually that i got this week so the amazing beth message she said hope you have lots more shows lined up looking forward to hearing all about the ones i've not been able to see Thanks for all you do with the podcast. I have two or three to catch up on, but it makes me feel closer to London and to theatre. I love that so much. And also, Peter said, not sure if you can mention, but I'm at opening night of Priscilla at the new theatre Oxford on the 23rd. Oh, that's today, the day I'm recording this. Um, And it'll be my first theatre trip since lockdown and first opening night at the theatre for five 125 days it's so insane because I feel like I've seen quite a lot now but every time I go to the theatre I'm still overhearing conversations where people are like oh my gosh this is the first time I've been at the theatre for 
two years, a year and a half, however many days. And it, it's so crazy. And I, I think everyone's got this newfound love and respect. It's just gone next level for being in a theatre, taking in the small things. Um, and it's incredible. But I do have to say, this week at Jersey Boys Press Night, which was amazing. We'll talk all about Jersey Boys in a bit. Um, but there were some very badly behaved audience members. There was this couple that came in and they sat next to uh, me and my friend in the row that we were sat. And then they realised that they'd sat in the wrong row and they're supposed to be about 10 rows back. Um, but they were kind of like, oh, we'll just stay here. And then when the music started, the guy leaned over to me, when the overtour started, he leaned over to me and was like, let's get this party started. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, yes, absolutely, let's get the party started, but also let's remember some theatre etiquette. And there was just some people, there was, I had to give a couple of death stares at people who were playing with sweet rappers. I mean, it literally felt like they were just playing with it for fun and like taking photos and I was like oh the other week someone said at Tina they were part of the worst behaved audience as well and I completely had forgotten what that could be like when you're trying to watch something and people are being a nightmare but overall I actually think I've been quite good at just zoning people out more than normal and just trying to take in every second of what's happening on stage because every time I'm in a theatre I am so happy to be there and you've got to appreciate every moment right now and um, and yeah, I would not let anybody else ruin it. Right, I'm just yabbering on. So let's dive in and have a stagey catch up because there is so much to talk about. Coming up, we are going to be discussing Jersey Boys and John and Jen, as well as all the latest news about Into the Woods, the Palladium Pantos, Cinderella, and lots, lots more. <laughs> So first up, let's discuss some of this week's theatre news. Um, And our first story, again this week, comes from New York. There's a season on course that happens every year, which is always about reviving musicals and often so many secret, hidden, forgotten gems which I haven't heard of and there was an amazing cast and I've never been able to see an on-course production and always wanted to. Um, And I'm so (laughs) desperate to see this. I would love to see this but I know it will sell out and we probably still won't be allowed into New York when this happens. But New York City Centre has announced the initial casting for the 2022 on-course season. So Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine's musical Into the Woods is going to be staged starring Heather Headley as the witch, dead already, Sarah Bareilles as the baker's wife, Christian Burrell as the baker, and Ashley Park as Cinderella. Ridiculous cast. Heather Headley obviously was in The Bodyguard over here. Sarah Bareilles, waitress, we don't need to say anymore. Christian Burrell, who's been in every show ever. I think most recently, maybe he was Willy Wonka and Charlie in a chocolate factory, but I know him from falsettos, something rotten. He was in Smash. And Ashley Park does lots of TV, Netflix, cool stuff now, but I last saw her as Gretchen in Mean Girls on Broadway. She's incredible. Um, additional casting for all Encore's productions will be announced at a later date. And interestingly, I mean, this is on all the press material. They're really shouting about it. 
from all the New York theatres right now. City Centre will operate a fully vaccinated venue. So artists, crew, audience members, everyone will all need to provide proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Um, other news which hit the headlines this week is the Palladium Pantomime. So Pantoland at the Palladium, which was originally programmed last Christmas but had its run cut short due to the restrictions. That's when we went into tier three, I think it was at that point. Um, and they literally just had a couple of performances. It will finally play at the venue from the 4th of December through to the 9th of January next year. And we have an all-star incredible cast, including Donny Osmond, Julian Clary, Paul Zerdin, who always does it, Nigel Havers, Gary Wilmot, Jack Yarrow, and Sophie Isaacs from Six, with further cast members to be revealed. Also set to appear are Australian specialty act Flame Oz with spectacular and special effects supplied by Twins FX. Um, the show is directed by Michael Harrison with choreography by Karen Bruce. I love the Palladium Pantomime. I am slightly here for the big commercial show. In fact, I love Julian Clary and it's always his show and love everything he does. He's so outrageously funny and I don't know how he gets away with it. Um, however, I think the thing that a few people have flagged in social media and that kind of glares at you very obviously when you look at the poster is how the majority of the cast are white and male. There's not much, well, there is no diversity in this production, which is a shame. It doesn't need to be like that because the whole point of Panto Land is that it's uh, bringing together all the different pantomimes. So they say further casting to be revealed. I'm unsure if that's more principles, but I hope we do get to see some different people. I think. Beverly Knight was maybe meant to be doing it last year. She obviously is now in the Drifters Girl, but I would just love to see some different faces and different people and uh, see everybody represented in a show which is bringing together all the pantomimes. And it's such an important show as well because the Palladium Panto is seen by so many people and that is just introducing so many new audiences to theatre. So it's really important that they are considering representation and getting that right. Um, in some other news, Adam Pascal and Olivia Valley will lead the Pretty Woman US tour. Cinderella, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella, has extended its West End run through to the 29th of May 2022. Rochelle and Go will return to Les Mis for six performances as Fontaine next week during the final week of the musical's concert run at the Sondheim Theatre. And then Lucy Jones is going to return for the final performance. I assume she's off to do waitress things as when the waitress tour literally opens the following week. Um, Jake Sharp and Rebecca Locke will lead the cast for the School of Rock UK tour. Rebecca Locke as the principal is going to be absolutely hysterical. That is genius casting and I'm ready for it um, and Glenn Adamson and Martha Kirby will star in the UK tour of Bats Out of Hell Okay, time for some show talk and I saw two shows this week first up I went to press night for the West End return of Jersey Boys, which has opened at the brand new, newly refurbished Trafalgar Theatre. 
Jazzy Boys has a long history with the West End and Broadway. It originally opened on Broadway back in 2005, where it ran for 4,642 performances. And then literally a couple of months after it finished its run on Broadway, it returned uh, off-Broadway, which is when I last saw it. I saw it off-Broadway a couple of years ago. Um, and it's a slightly, slightly smaller production with a reduced cast, um, but still, uh, like, you know, there's some minor differences in the set, but it's still Jersey Boys. It's exactly the same. And it'd be very hard, I think, for most people to spot any differences. Um, the West End production ran between 2008 and 2017 at the Prince Edward Theatre. And it's now returned to the far more intimate Trafalgar Theatre. And they are using, I think, a production which is pretty identical to the one that is off Broadway. Um, when I went to see Jersey Boys off-Broadway a few years ago, I was like, how's this going to work? I don't see Jersey Boys as an off-Broadway show. I see it as a, as a you know, bigger musical that relies on having big audiences and big atmosphere. And anyway, it worked really, really well. And I think it's because of material. I think it's an interesting story. It actually carries itself really well. It's engaging. And the music still fills the room it still felt like a party at the end it still brought out an amazing audience in that smaller off-Broadway theatre um and it's done the same here at Trafalgar Theatre I think maybe it's even better than it was at the Prince Edward Theatre it sits really nicely in the intimate space and you can I think Jersey Boys is gritty at times and it is it does have an interesting story it does lull you in and engage you I think I keep saying I was saying about Tina the other week so many of these uh, bands and artists have such insane stories so many mad things happened and what happened to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons and their journey from how they got together through to uh, how they had to work and work and work to get their first hit and to get on that role and then all the complications that came with that from the business side and the deals they struck and, and why Frankie is still touring to this day working non-stop it's it is a really interesting story and it's it's a cleverly constructed show and I think that's why it just works really well in a more intimate setting and and it sweeps the audience away. It's not just a show that is relying on its hits. I think maybe like a show like Mamma Mia would struggle in a more intimate house. I think Jersey Boys is different. Jersey Boys is, is strong in, in many ways. It works really well. And also it's just such a crowd pleaser. It you cannot help but be on your feet at the end, dancing, singing. That music is excellent. And what's funny is that I'm not a massive, well, I'm not I'm not someone who listens to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons every day and, and have listened to their music. But through seeing the show over the years, I literally know every single lyric to every single song. I guess it, it is music that's played on the radio and stuff that we hear all the time. But I... I knew every single word. It was incredible to hear the music. It sounded great as well. Um, and we have a pretty fresh cast leading this production, uh, including newcomer Ben Joyce. Listen out for him. He is on In The Frame this Friday. He's our guest In The Frame. And he's a new grad from Mount View. And he's taking on the role of Frankie Valley. And it's so interesting because Frankie Valley is usually a role that's played by quite an accomplished musical theatre performer. Previously, we've seen people, I think, in the early 30s and even older um, some late 20s playing the role and here we have literally a 
22, 21, someone in their early 20s taking on this massive beast of a role. And he navigates it really well, including when Frankie gets older. But I think the dynamics between the four of them works nicely, and that's the secret to how it succeeds. Um, and obviously, it's the most demanding role, you know, with all the falsetto stuff going on. There's so much to think about. But interestingly, I think the highlight of the show, as far as Ben was concerned, was um, Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You in Act 2. It absolutely brought the house down. It's it's still, there's some big notes in it, but there's not fancy falsetto stuff going on there. It's quite, uh, it's, it's far more simple than some of the other music that Frankie Valley released. And it really stopped everybody in their tracks. And the applause after that number did not stop for ages and ages and ages. The crowd literally went wild. And Ben seemed quite overwhelmed. I'm sure that happens all the time and it's happening nightly, but he really seemed quite emotional and to genuinely stop for a second and try and take it in. Um, and that was that was really, really cool. Um, but I love Ben Yates as Tommy DeVito. I have seen Ben Yates in so many shows over the years. Um, often as a ensemble member and a cover. And here he is in his first leading role. And Tommy DeVito, from the second the show starts, um, he kind of narrates the first part of the story. And he has to be commanding and really lead the show and get it going and set the pace. And he did such a good job. He really did come on the stage. He really told the story. You could tell the audience were engaged. He was getting wolf whistles when he exited at the end. Like, he literally won everybody over and did such a good job. And you've got Adam Bailey is amazing. He's just got the most effortless voice. And he is perfectly cast as Bob Gordio. He's the perfect Bob Gordio. Um, and Carl James Wilson is great Nick Massey. Nick Massey has some great scenes towards the end of the show, which are always very funny. Um, and then it was a really hard-working small cast. There's so much multi-rolling going on. All the ensemble are super featured and they have so much to do and it's and it's non-stop and it's really slick. Um, and yeah, it, Jersey Boys is an easy win. I think it's a safe bet and that's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. It's got this formula right between story and music and it works it's a jukebox musical that works really really well and I think it's super smart to bring it into the Trafalgar Theatre I can imagine it having a very long run there I think it's gonna run for good you know another nine years if not more I think a lot of people love that music and will enjoy discovering that show for the first time go and see if you haven't seen Jersey Boys you've got no excuse it's now back go and check it out I think the only thing though is there is a lack of representation in Jersey Boys the majority of the cast are white and I do think there is room for diversity. The way that multi-rolling is used in this show, I think, allows for all different actors to come in and to play the roles. And I definitely think Josie Boys has a responsibility to look at that going forwards and to make sure that they are representing all different people. Because where this show is set in the time period that it's set, I'm sure there were people from all different backgrounds. And I think that should be reflected on stage. So Jersey Boys is booking at the Trafalgar Theatre until Sunday the 2nd of January. I think it's also heading out on tour real soon, so keep an eye out. And yes, if you haven't seen it, you have no excuse. Go and see it. And then finally, the other show that I went to see this week was John and Jen at the Southwark Playhouse. So this is a musical by Andrew Lipper and Tom Greenwald. 
and it's a two-hander described as an emotional roller coaster that explores the dynamics of family relationships. And this was the world premiere production of an updated version of the show, which has orchestrations by Jason Robert Brown as well as Andrew Lipper. And it's just a two-hander with Rachel Tucker and Louis Cornet in the cast, and they are both incredible. Um, it was a really cool show. I loved sitting there, having no idea what to expect. I didn't know any of the music. I did not know anything. I just knew that I was ready for a slice of Rachel Tucker in my life. So the show, uh, each act is a little bit different. So in the first act, it's about John and Jen, who are brother and sister, with a seven-year age gap, and about their growing up and their relationship. They're kind of quite inseparable, but they're obviously going through different stages of life and how they find their way through that. And then in Act 2, we skip forward 20 years, and the show is about Jen and her baby boy called John and their relationship and how they are finding their way through certain things. I don't want to give stuff away, but it's really hard not to. This was a beautiful example of just stunning, simple storytelling through great music, through great acting. They had a nice little design in the smaller space at the Southwark Playhouse. They were in the little. Yeah, obviously, it's just so exposing to do a two-hander that's pretty much sung through. And the show was literally in the hands of Rachel and Lewis and their chemistry. And it worked so well. I mean, I love Andrew Lipper music. He is such a brilliant composer. And Rachel Tucker is one of my favourite vocalists in the world. She's incredible. And to hear the way that her voice just glided through the score was mind-blowing. And a lot of it was very floaty and mixy and quite pretty. And we know Rachel Tucker for belting out a big note after big note. And this isn't what she was doing in the show. First act especially, there's a lot of there's a lot of floaty, a lot of mixing. And she was phenomenal to sit there in the third row and to watch how she was producing the sound was absolutely fascinating and what I was obsessed with is it was like it was like listening I put this on Instagram it was like listening to a cast album because she was so perfect like every note that she did was crisp and it was in tune and it just finished impeccably there was no kind of wobbling off at the end um which is perfectly normal and absolutely fine um yeah it was astounding and then the way that she had this chemistry with lewis who also had an amazing voice was really what carried it through and it was engaging it was relatable i think this show makes some interesting points about family about siblings about the different relationships, especially when there's such an age, such an age gap of seven years, um, I think it's something that some people would be able to relate to quite strongly. And then, interestingly, you go into the second act where it's exploring um, a relationship between a mother and her son. And again, it was just interesting to watch and interesting to unpick. We see so many musicals, which, if they're not about a historical event or a big event happening, they're about love. We don't see that many shows which unpick family relationships relationships in this intricate of a way. So I really enjoyed spending the evening thinking about something a little bit different and seeing some different themes being presented. And whilst it was fun and lighthearted most of the way through, there were some really uh, thought-provoking and deep 
moments in there as well. Some wonderful lyrics. There were some really powerful points to take away. Um, and then in Act Two, Rachel Tucker did get her big belty number, which was absolutely mind-blowing and brought the house down. Um, I think Lewis is a really big talent. He's somebody who we should all have our eyes on. And he's done lots of shows. He's on the Book of Mormon. He's on all sorts of things. But here he was, you know, carrying a show with one of the biggest stars in the West End, in on Broadway, in theatre. And he was an even player for her. They were on the same level. They were up there living their best lives. And it was so great to see. And just so special that in a week from now, Rachel Tucker will be on Broadway about to reopen as Beverly Bass. And then to, to have seen her in the tiny little space at the Sonic Playhouse is just so cool such a special moment I love that she did it it was a wonderful production and I wish I could tell you to all go buy tickets but John and Jen has completed its run sadly at the Southwark Playhouse but I believe Rachel teased on Twitter I think it was something about it maybe being streamed someone was like oh I can't see it because I live overseas and it's not streaming and she replied isn't it with a wink emoji so stay tuned if we hear anything of a streaming you'll be the first to hear and I'll be telling you all to get your streaming passes because it's a wonderful show but I think what I would love more than anything is a cast album of Rachel and Lewis singing this amazing music because it was so stunning and there was lots. I'm not good. I I'm, I can't remember songs often after the first time I hear them. I need to go away and dissect a score and get obsessed with it. So I would love to be able to play it on repeat on Spotify. So go and check out John and Jen and let's pray that we get to see it again. Um, and there we go. We're all wrapped up for another week. Thank you so much for joining me and for keeping me company on my own today. I think next week we are on Zoom for one week only and then I've been busy this morning actually booking in lots of our September co-hosts. I think I'm in here in this studio pretty much every week with lots of new faces, returning faces and we're gearing up to do our 100th episode as well which is mind-blowing. I feel like we've only just started. Um, so thank you so much for listening and for supporting and for following your support means the world and it means that we can keep doing more and more episodes we always love hearing from you so follow West End Frame on Twitter Instagram and Facebook if you want to go the extra mile you could leave us an Apple podcast rating and review make sure you subscribe and follow and check out our interviews podcast in the frame We've got episodes from this new season with Cedric Neal, with Cassidy Jansen, with Christina Bennington and Jodie Prenger. And this Friday's is, like I said, with Ben Joyce, who is currently playing Frankie Valley in Jersey Boys. And I'll be back next week for another stagey catch-up.